Hello my lovelies and welcome back to another episode of Primed for Crime. I am your host Liv and I am very excited to have you here and hope you enjoy today's case. Now today's case takes place in May of 1996 when two young women began a long hike in Virginia's Shenandoah National Park. However, they were never seen alive again. They were experienced hikers, but they were found dead on June 1st, 1996 in a really, really brutal manner. And what followed was a frantic search for evidence and suspects that seemed to lead in a promising direction, only to eventually fall flat. As of 2022, there's no one sure who killed these women and the case remains open in hopes of new evidence. Now before we get into the case I just want to state that everything I talk about is information I have found online and I mean no disrespect to anybody involved or mentioned. Today's episode does involve quite brutal murders and sexual assault so if this is something that you're not comfortable listening to at the moment then please feel free to click out of this podcast. So, let's begin. This is the tragic murders of Laura Winnins and Julianne Williams. Laura Winnins, more commonly known as Lolly, and Julianne Williams, also known as Julie, were both in their 20s and they met in 1994 at an adventure organisation in Minnesota called Woods Women. Now they were quite different but they became fast friends and later romantic partners. Now Lolly came from quite a well-off family and she was studying to become a wilderness guide in college but she was known as a little bit of a party girl which there's nothing wrong with at all. And Julie, on the other hand, was a sports enthusiast and she was an experienced tennis player. She spoke Spanish and she worked with migrants and people suffering from abuse and she had studied this at college. Now she'd also gotten a new job and she was supposed to start on June 1st, 1996 and the two had planned a hiking trip to celebrate in the Shenandoah National Park starting on May 19th. Now they were quite experienced hikers and campers so when they didn't report back to Thomas Williams which was Julie's father on the day that they were supposed to return on May 28 he became quite concerned and he reported the young women missing on May 31st and after only a day of searching for the two the police found the bodies of both Laura and Julianne on June 1st 1996. The park rangers located the young women's car just north of Skyland Lodge in the Shenandoah National Park and they were found kind of just off a bridal trail and they were only about a half a mile away from the lodge which had a bar and was frequently packed with visitors and because they were camping they were required to do so away from the designated trails and developed areas. Now, their actual bodies that were found, they were found stripped naked, they were bound and gagged, and they had both their throats slit as well, which is just absolutely terrible. Neither of them had appeared to have been sexually assaulted, and there were pictures on their camera that showed them hiking and seeing local sites, but sometime after the 19th, they were violently murdered. 
So when Lolly and Julie went on their hike, they didn't exactly go alone. They had actually brought Lolly's dog, which was a golden retriever named Taj, with them. So after the young women went missing, the search of the park initially turned up Taj, still alive and completely unharmed. He was wandering around without a leash, uh, just a short way from the campsite, and this eventually helped authorities find where the women had actually camped. Now, because Lolly and Julie were a lesbian couple, their sexuality was brought up as a possible motive for the killings. Attorney General John Ashcroft suggested the couple were victims because they were gay women, and this meant that the murders were a hate crime and anybody convicted of them could be sentenced to death. So part way into the investigation, police identified a suspect by the name of Daryl David Rice. So Rice was a little bit of a loner, you might say, but he also had documented hatred of women in general and homosexuals specifically. He'd also recently been fired from his job for being hostile to co-workers and the police were already pursuing him after the attempted abduction of a female cyclist in the Shenandoah National Park in July of 1997, which was the same place where the women were killed. So while he was eventually convicted of the abduction for the 1997 incident, his behaviour also suggested he might be a suspect for the 1996 killings of Julie and Lolly. So he was in the park at the time, and this was confirmed by a security tape that showed him entering on May 25th in April of 2002. So Rice was indicted for the double murder of the two young women and was actually brought to trial. But there was another suspect in this case, but the police never got a chance to question the suspected serial killer, Richard Mark Evonitz, about these murders. So while the prosecution was still trying their case against Rice, the police were also tracking the suspected serial killer, Evonitz, for another crime. So he had actually kidnapped and raped a girl in South Carolina and fled to Florida when the police came looking for him. He had apparently confessed to some crimes as law enforcement surrounded him in Florida, but he refused to surrender peacefully to the officers. They actually released police dogs on Ivonitz, but he turned his gun on himself and ultimately he died. So the case against Rice wasn't actually dropped until 2004 so by the time that the police had begun to suspect Yvonne's he kind of he'd well he'd already been dead for multiple years so there was no chance that they'd have ever been able to talk to him or even try and get any evidence that he had done it so in court the prosecution brought up Rice's hatred for women also his presence in the park at the time his history of trying to harm and abduct women and even him talking about raping women were all cited evidence of his guilt. So they also had hairs and DNA from the scene, specifically from the gags that were used on the women, and they thought this proved Rice was the one who killed them. However, when the DNA evidence came back, neither the hair or the other samples matched Rice. So, like I said, the case was dropped on February 25th, 2004, due to the mismatched DNA. 
but the federal judge who dismissed the case did so that Rice could be tried for the same crime again if more evidence did come to light. So the hairs that were recovered weren't Rice's, but an unknown male who investigators suspected had been involved in the killings. And just a little side note, the hairs were actually visually very similar under a microscope to the hairs of Ivonitz. But obviously, there's not much information on that. I don't know if they've DNA tested it, I'm not quite sure, but they did look very visually similar. And Ivonitz wasn't the only serial killer that was suspected. So, given the proximity to Route 29, the murders were also linked to the Route 29 stalker who attacked and murdered women in Virginia starting in 1996. Now, he went by the name Larry Breeden and investigators tried to tie Rice to those killings and abductions as well. However, the identity of the Route 29 stalker has never been officially confirmed and those cases are still open. So because of the murders occurring in the National Park, there were problems with finding the bodies and collecting evidence. So for one thing, it was difficult finding out whose jurisdiction the land fell within. The National Park Service had its own branch and, you know, the National Park Service investigative researchers branch to work with the murder. So it was very quite unclear who, who was kind of in charge of all this. So, in the case of Laura and um, Julie, only the federal government had law enforcement authority, but they did work with other teams as well. So, the crime scene was uh, eventually investigated by special agents from the National Park Service, the FBI and the Virginia State Police because the parks did not have the necessary equipment at the time to conduct the investigation thoroughly. And because the scene was both outdoors and in a remote location, it was also problematic for evidence collection. It was hard to gauge the size of the crime scene and even to find the women in the first place. But they were, however, obviously able to find the DNA on them, you know, them hairs, but obviously they weren't able to determine it. Um, They did also find five other hairs on the bindings that were used, um, but they were determined not to be from either woman or from their dog. So during the investigation, police found two people who might have witnessed parts of the crimes. However, their accounts were not considered credible enough to use in court. Anthony Coyle and his girlfriend were camping in the park at the same time and they claimed to have seen Daryl David Rice there, actually. And this was five years after the fact, though, and Coyle said that he couldn't be certain that it was Rice, even though he did pick out his picture out of a lineup. His girlfriend also reported hearing screams during the night that were loud enough to wake her. The defence put forward that she dreamed these screams, but the woman herself said that she may have seen it happen through astral projection and through concentrating on dreams. So she was never called as an official witness. I mean, yeah, we're not quite sure about that. So the case of Laura Winnings and Julianne Williams remains open and is considered an active case. 
Investigators ask for anyone who was in the park at the time of the murders to come forward with anything they saw or heard during that time. The agent in charge of the case has worked on it for years and says that it is still considered a hate crime. With advances in technology, investigators hope new light will shed on the case and that hopefully somebody with information will someday come forward. And that does conclude today's episode, so thank you very much for listening. It's one of those cases that it's hard because, obviously, like I said, it it is hard to collect evidence, especially with it being in a remote area, but the way that these women were so brutally murdered and the fact that we still don't know really who did it just it's scary and my heart really does go out to their families their friends anybody affected it must be so traumatic knowing that something like that has happened and still not been able to get justice for it so i really do hope that some more information comes and obviously if it does i will let you know straight away and yeah so that is me for now i will see you next time probably with a mini episode so have a lovely monday and i will see you all later